0: Welcome to Harvest Time. My name is Chris Harper, and our host on this program is Pastor Gary Walton, the pastor of Harvest Baptist Church. We often spend our time on this program telling you the stories of our church by interviewing our members. This week, we'll be following up on the year at Harvest Christian Academy, which just wrapped up. Of course, at this time, we also want to invite you to join us for our live stream service this weekend at the church as we begin Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. You can visit our website for more, hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org. This week, Acts 12, verses 1 through 25, You Can't Fight God. Let's begin today's Harvest Time by welcoming Pastor Gary Walton. Hi, Pastor.
1: Well, half a day, Chris. It's good to be with you again today and looking forward to talking about this weekend and really this last year, some of the really amazing things that God has done through the ministry of Harvest Christian Academy. I have Pastor Jeremy Zaitchek uh, with me and we'll introduce him here in just a second. This Sunday, I'm not sure yet, this will either be the last or the second to last message in a full year of a survey of the first half of the book of Acts. We're coming to Acts chapter 12, and Chris just mentioned the title is You Can't Fight God. It's an interesting story. You'll probably be familiar with it when we start reading through it. This is a story about Peter being placed into prison and then released from prison. The thing that sometimes we miss is that story is bracketed by a story about Herod, the king. And so verse 1 of chapter 12 starts, and then it The last couple verses of the chapter also come back to Herod. And in fact, we just did some significant research here in the studio, and we know that Herod is the only one in the scriptures eaten by worms. And if you want to find out about that, we're going to talk about that on Sunday. And I don't mean to make light of it, really, because the truth is you can't fight God. And when we try, there's always... Significant consequences. So there's a great piece of the you know God's story that He's describing for us in Acts 12, and we'll look forward to to looking through that together on Sunday. Well, it's good to have you with us, Pastor Jeremy. Thanks for joining me here today. Half a day. It's great to be back with you. Well, you've just completed year number one—not a full calendar year, but school year—in your role as the administrator of Harvest Christian Academy. And we're thankful for, the, for God bringing you and your family here. But tell me, let's start off, Just let me just ask you how your family's done. Tell me how your family has adjusted.
0: Yeah,
2: we've been here for almost 11 months now. And I just finished the first school year, as you had mentioned. Oh, it's wonderful. I mean, there's been a lot of adjustments along the way. From the very beginning, just getting off the airplane and sweating constantly. <laughs> so getting used to the climate is one thing. And then integrating, uh, I have six kids from K3 all the way to ninth grade. So integrating them into the classroom. Early on, there was a lot of nights where there were tears shed as just mm-hmm. they got used to classes and the size of classes and the complexity of the schedule and um, but we we moved past that to the point where the kids are. They're sad that the school year is over. And mm. so proud of how each one of them did academically, as well as socially, spiritually in the classrooms here at Harvest Christian Academy.
1: You and your wife, Gina, have just plugged right in in the academy for sure. You have heavy responsibilities there, but just plugged into the life of the church and feel like from the outside feels like you're settling in and maybe it's coming a little bit more home. You're getting close to purchasing a home, right?
2: Yeah, we're trying. And we've
1: been trying for several months now. We'll see where the Lord leads. We're praying
2: about it. But yeah, my wife is just a great part of this ministry and really one of the the best parts of me. She compliments me in many different ways. So grateful to have her here, obviously, with me and serving alongside at Harvest Christian Academy.
1: Maybe i ask you about just the high points and the low points. In our family, All the time our kids were growing up, we did this thing pretty regularly, a couple times a week for sure. We did high-low at the dinner table. So high meant, you know, we'd go around the table and you could select the next person that was going to have to say, you know, the high-low. The high is the best thing that happened in the day and the low was the worst thing. happened. So you don't have to tell me your lowest point of the year. I don't know if you want to open up that vein, but could you tell us maybe what the biggest blessing has been and then what the biggest challenge has been for you within your family? We'll talk about the Academy too, but just for your family and the adjustment.
2: Well, if I were to answer this question the way my kids would, I would say lunch is the highlight and the low light was math. (laughs) (laughs) The highlight. That's a great question. I think from the moment we landed, a highlight would be that we felt part of the Harvest family from the time that we, again, walked across the red line in the airport that you can't go the other direction, to the welcome, to the people carrying all of my suitcases up to the third floor. Yeah. And just coming to church and being part of the family. You know, a lot of people in Guam leave family to come be part of this ministry. So that's a hard thing to do is to leave family behind. But when that's replaced with a great familial feeling in a church, it just, it's really warm and embracing.
1: Harvest is an amazing place, the ministry overall, but the church, family, the ability to come and feel like you're part of the brotherhood and sisterhood of the group. It really is Mm, really amazing.
2: Amen. Some of the lows or the valleys where you really, you know, learn to depend more on God is Mm -hmm. when your kids are in tears, you know, and they've now have since made friends, but they go through a period of time where they're just missing all of their friends back home and what things used to be. And that first year is really challenging because you look to every point in the year and there's traditions that you used to do back in Minnesota, Mm -hmm. uh, whether it's in the winter or the summer and those all change. And so we try to create traditions or new things. And it's cool and it's awesome, but they're new. And so they don't, they don't have that level of comfort that comes along with doing something that you would have normally done in the past. And so that's been a real challenge for the family, uh, specifically for Gene and I, as we try to create, you know, we're coming up to Memorial Day. What do we do this year to help create some
1: of those memories that we cling to from our childhood? Yeah, it's really good, Jeremy. Maybe I can dig in there a little bit more. How have you sensed your responsibility kind of as, as the leader of your home? What do you see as your primary responsibilities and helping this transition happen with your, well, your wife and your kids and the security that you for sure want them to feel. Anything that you'd look back on, say, boy, this was really helpful for me in my role as a leader of my own family
2: first thing is I want to convey, you know, dependence upon God for the security. I think it's natural to want to bear that myself. Like Mm -hmm. here's the home that I provided. Here's the paycheck. Here's the car and the food and all those sorts of things. So, you know, when you have seven other bodies staring at you, six kids and a wife, you want to walk the walk, not just talk the talk. And so, yeah, I think more than anything, just a true and developing relationship with Christ is important. Being eternal focused is important so that I can communicate that because I just, yeah, I want my kids to pick that up through osmosis as they, n- not just osmosis, I want to tell them, but I want them to also be able to observe You know what I'm trying to live.
1: Well, that's really helpful. Thank you for sharing that. Let me ask you about the academy. Really, we're talking about this today as we're recording. This is the final day. We just came from an all-staff assembly. So I, I don't know. I mean, we have 150 staff or so. I don't know if they're all on the Zoom call or not. It wasn't in person, but Zoom call. So this is really wrapping things up as far as the academy goes we'll have some staff and teachers that are from the states that will head back and then of course we have many people that would stay here on the island but if you could overview the full year prior to covid-19 all right mm-hmm. it's sort of like bc and you know before <laughs> covid and after covid i think everybody's going to start marking you know our yeah. calendars like that so tell us about the academy overview bc before covid
2: I think I got here around July 10th or 12th. Don't remember the exact date, but summer was, you know, kind of winding down in the school year. The pace was like, okay, this is um, this is a little bit faster, but it's not terrible. And then the first day of school starts <laughs> and it's literally pouring outside. <laughs> That's and the, right.
1: I forgot about that. <laughs> for the
2: first time, people are dropping their kids off and, you know, they're saying goodbye and the lines back up to the main road and this is a hive of activity, and it's a well-tuned machine, and the best picture I can give is like a beehive. There's things coming and going. People know their jobs. They're doing them well, and it's just chalked full of activity from 7.30 in the morning till sometimes even late in the afternoon or early evening if there's games coming on. So always activity happening on campus. Contrast that to post-COVID or after COVID. Much, much different. The campus is quiet. I talk to teachers and even the principals. And the reason they're in education is for interaction with kids. Mm-hmm. And that's been tough because there aren't kids on this campus. So it is, it is very strange. The activity on campus is not there, but it's all online through Zoom and other methods. So man, just a complete difference of almost night and day with uh, response to COVID.
1: Let me just ask you one more question of the BC. It still applies to now, of course, but what would you see as your personal, your biggest burdens for the academy? What would you put on that?
2: The biggest personal burden, and, and, I, and I believe why God called me here to Harvest, is just to continue to be effective with the gospel among our students. It's an incredibly rich mission field, the opportunity to educate as well as share the gospel and help them grow in the Word of God and their relationship with Christ. Is just incredible. It's an incredible potential. And so, mm. just the focus on making that the main thing, as well as not losing sight of the academics, obviously, but doing both of those things very well and not, and not making sure that one outbalances the other.
1: So, COVID hits and everything was a blur. You know, the school year, there's a lot of pivoting that happened in our ministries. We have a lot of irons in the fire, but particularly staying with the Academy, you know, things had been running fairly smoothly, just a normal kind of a year. And then, you know, all of a sudden, we're not sure what's going to happen. And then we're wondering what's going to happen. And, and then pretty quick, we found out that there was going to be a stay at home order. And, uh, you know, we didn't know if it's going to be a week, you know, I remember those early meetings, you know, what what are we going to do right now? Or what happens if it's longer than a week? What happens if it's A month. Can you imagine that? And I mean, there are some places that they're they're actually talking about not coming back to school at all. Mm. I mean, look back on it and we know exactly what happened, but I know those early discussions were. Can you imagine? What are the major changes that started to happen? What are the decisions that had to be made once, even early on, when we just didn't know what was going to happen?
2: God provided us a couple of warm up opportunities through. Some typhoons that had come through and they, you know, shut school down for a day or two. And then we had dengue fever, which was a little bit more severe. And it shut down school for a couple of days. And then came COVID. And God was really gracious in his timing. You know, where we're located, we'd been watching the story develop in Asia for quite some time and just kind of wondered when it was going to come. Right. And so really tried to pay attention to see what schools in that area of the world were doing and try to take some notes from that. As I mentioned, God was gracious in his timing because when the stay-at-home order came down, that was the first day of our spring break, Mm -hmm. which was great. And we had a full week of planning. And we had to be really careful with that. The teachers work long, hard hours. And so we didn't want to ask them or make them come in and use the time that has been given to them for much-needed rest and relaxation and, and really revitalization. But we did encroach on that time a little bit and just said, hey, we need to start planning for what this looks like. We know our parents depend on us. and They send their kids to Harvest Christian Academy for academics, for the spiritual environment we provide, and the social development. So not knowing how long this would last, we knew that we had to provide something. We didn't know how long it was. Every week it seemed mm-hmm. like, we're okay, this is what this week looks like, and this is what we're going to plan for this week. And so trying to plan for today and future can be really tricky. But really, just a tremendous response by the teachers. How we view our circumstances is really important, the perspective of it. And I was really encouraged at the onset here of the principals and the teachers, and really, and the entire staff at Harvest Ministry of, hey, this is a challenge. This is an opportunity. It's not a drudgery. It's not, I'm being forced to do this. Let's look at this with a lot of energy and creativity and see what we
1: can do. We've sort of taken the mantra administratively, pastorally, you know, right from the beginning that we have to think long term, but we can only plan, you know, short term, maybe for tomorrow or for this next week, because we really don't know what's going to take place. You do have to think long term, because there are decisions that might be in the horizon, and you have to kind of model what could happen if, and of course there are a lot of, were for sure then, and still are a lot of scenarios. But yeah, I felt like the teachers in particular were very gracious in the flexibility of that time. They were looking for leadership and were willing to plug in, and actually the teachers, but really our whole staff. I mean, mm-hmm. we've talked about this among our staff, but mm-hmm. our IT department had a significant series of days where where they made completely new paths, you know, mm-hmm. for our students and for teachers. And they did it in a very short amount of time, allowing us to to move forward. I'll ask you about some of that. And of course, our AV, our tech teams. I mean, just many, many people just really poured in. But tell me specifically, what were the changes or what were the pivots that happened at that time that, you know, for the academy, for the teachers?
2: There were so many stakeholders, would probably be the correct word, that that really played a key role in this. So online education isn't new. It's a thing that's been around for the past 10 years, but it is new in K through 12th grade. So we're dealing with the student side of things. Are they, you know, how well would they respond to this? There's also parents. Parents in in many situations were staying at home or being asked to work from home. So they're working and helping to facilitate the education of their kids. And teachers are learning new software and new methods. And so really, it became really a process of interpreting feedback and trying to collect that feedback proactively so that we could make necessary adjustments. We wanted to roll things out fairly easy at first because we knew it would be a major adjustment for our families, for our students. And then we wanted to ramp things up, but trying to do that in the right and appropriate time so that, you know, the feedback was, okay, this is too much or too little. Just trying to
1: be very aware of that feedback and ramp things up as we can. So the academy went fully online, right? No students on campus, How does that work with like K-3? I mean, they can't, they're not even reading yet. What does that look like, online education for early elementary?
2: Yeah, it's a little bit more difficult in the younger grades. 7th through 12th grade was pretty easy. We basically continued the same schedule that we had, but just in a condensed version from about 8 in the morning until 1230 in the afternoon. And they're self-sufficient mostly, and they did a great job. Elementary, the lower you go down, the more difficult it gets because they Can't log in. There's two primary tools that we use learning management, which centralized all of the lesson plans, all of the content. And then there was a software that we used to communicate with people live, knowing that schedules might compete, trying to record all this thing. So the teachers had to become really experts at creating videos. So in the younger grades, what they would do is they would have live Zoom sessions. They would have, you know, breakout sessions if they needed more instruction on how to read create videos and different engaging things to help kids keep their learning trajectory because we don't want to, we didn't want them to lose that.
1: I had a chance to view a few of the videos. I'm sure just a little Mm -hmm. tiny bit of the hours and hours of uh, camera time that our teachers created, but it was very interesting each time watching the creative ways that our teachers were reaching kids and teaching material, even to very young children. It it really was amazing.
2: Yeah, and I was blown away, just the perspective, right?
1: So creating videos can be a kind of a challenge. If you get in front of a
2: camera, it's not like being live with yeah. people. But these teachers just had such a great perspective. And was talking to one and said, you know, it was around Easter time, and she was sharing the Easter story and said, you know what's so awesome about this is the parent is sitting alongside the student, very likely in their home, and I'm able to deliver the Easter message through this video, through this interaction. And just, man, what a great perspective that is instead of, oh man, I can't do what I would have normally done. Just looking with a positive lens for ministry and how it can happen, even in the
1: midst of COVID. Pastor Jeremy, I know that this time has been a significant financial setback for a lot of people, for all of us, for ministries and for our families. Our church is experiencing this, and many of our academy families have as well. What did HCA determine to do as far as just trying to help families as they're trying, you know, some of them have lost their jobs and some of them have had their salaries reduced. I was really proud of the way that the academy tried to deal with this. And, and there's some complications, right? Because we, you know, the expenses, the salaries, nothing's changed as far as the expenses Mm -hmm. go. Mm -hmm. So there's some complications, but what was determined to be done?
2: That has actually been probably one of the biggest challenges of this role and the decision-making and hearing from parents that are struggling, that are losing their jobs, that are put on furlough. Early on, we decided to provide a, a tuition discount, not because we believe what we offered was any less valuable than we did prior to COVID, but it was just an act of, we know people are going through difficult times, here's how we can help initially. And all these decisions you know, you make, you don't know how long it's COVID's gonna be around, and so the decision you know, was good for the month, and then we come to May, and we're still in the same situation, now what do we do? And we ended up offering the same exact discount, but knowing that many more families were struggling because this may have been the first month they actually didn't receive a paycheck. Maybe they had some saved up sicker vacation time, but now we really had some families that were not receiving any income. And so through a lot of prayer and just counsel, we had offered a COVID grant scholarship. And we sent this to all our parents and we a very simple one-page process, just asking them, what was your income prior to has your income decreased through this process? Uh, we want to come alongside you and help share that financial burden if we can. It has affected everyone. It's affected Harvest Christian Academy. And to the extent that we could, we wanted to be able to share that financial burden with families. And so we were able to do that. We had a number of applications that had come in and we're very grateful to be able to continue to partner with these families and just show our care, love and support for them by being able to scholarship and amount for each family.
1: I think one of the biggest takeaways for me from this time was the loyalty and the commitment of the families to the education that they're receiving at Harvest, and you know, we have nearly a thousand students on campus, and you know some of them in you know very young ages K3, K4, where online they don't need the grade. You know, there's nothing they need to graduate from, and I mean just a handful of families determined to not take their kids out of school. I mean a very small amount, and. Then just the feedback of the thanks for what the faculty and, and the administration had done. It really was a sweet testimony.
2: Yeah, that was the biggest challenge, but also the really the sweetest blessing is receiving emails and phone calls from parents on the relief and just trying to provide maximum flexibility and just communicate. We desire, uh, these, these just aren't students and parents, they're relationships. And so we've spent hours on the phone, even proactively calling all of our our school families is just wanting to know how things are going and collecting it because we, we do value that relationship so much and want to continue to, to develop that and grow it even through difficult times.
1: We have just a minute here, but uh, maybe you could kind of head us out with telling us about the biggest ministry lesson that you think you've personally, you know, God's been teaching you this year in regard to the ministry and you personally
2: It's amazing to see what you can accomplish as a team. Unity is super important, and Harvest has unity. If we went into this pandemic without unity, we'd be in a world of hurt. Mm -hmm. And so that fundamental baseline of unity has been just amazing to see. From the school, to the church, to every other ministry that comes out of these four walls per se, you can accomplish a lot through unity. And that unity is made possible through the Word of God Mm -hmm. in our relationship with Christ. And so it's pretty awesome to be part of it.
1: Yeah, that's such a sweet testimony because it's not that we don't have differences of opinions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a lot of people on the campus, a lot of people part of the ministry. We all don't see everything eye to eye, you know, in every way. And so and we talk about these mm-hmm. things, but this is a gift from God. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the unity that we've experienced has yeah, just it's it's such a God thing that we've been able to walk mm-hmm. through. I'm I'm yeah. blessed by it too. I'm thankful for that. Well, Jeremy, I've told you this personally. I think it's maybe okay to to say it publicly as well, but I'm I'm just so thankful for God directing in you and Gina's life to bring you here. I'm thankful for your personal friendship and your care for the ministry, and then just the competency with which you've taken on a big task and learned it and cared for uh, you know our staff families. I'm just really thankful for that. I think I've told you right at the beginning of this pandemic, we were coming to a meeting. With a lot of big decisions on the line, we had a lot of those meetings, and you know, still do. But I know this one in particular was early on, lots of unknowns, a lot of things spinning around. And you came into that meeting with a sheet of paper that just had some a few pieces of clarity on it. This is what we have to decide, and it was so helpful, and really a significant part for me in uh, sort of just sensing the competency that God's given you and the insight that not only God has used in this season, but I think God's going to continue to use for the, for the good of ministry, Harvest of Christian Academy. And of course, uh, you know, we desire this to, to be uh, something that glorifies God. So thank you yeah. for serving well, in that way. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Pastor.
0: And thank you for listening to Harvest Time. Uh, we'd like to invite you again to join us for our live stream this weekend at Harvest Baptist Church. We begin Sunday morning, 1030 a.m., You can check our website for more, hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org. This week, Acts 12, verses 1 through 25. You can't fight God. We also carry our Sunday morning live stream here on 88.1 FM and on khmg.org. Thanks again for listening to Harvest Time.